awesome. Yes, thank you so much for being here. Why don't we just give an applause to God right now? He's awesome. We love him. That's why we're here today. And our teams and leading us and singing, preparing everything for this moment we could have together. And I want to welcome you to uh, what I, I tried to figure this out, you know, and I'm not really that astute at these kinds of things, but try to figure out how many services we've actually had in 23 years. So this is about 1,200, okay? It's about 1,200 Sundays that we've been together now for 23 years. Uh, and it's been awesome. On that first Sunday, we had 158 people. And we were over and we had lights, though. Uh, there we go. Yeah. We were over in Gold Run Elementary School, and it was just really fun. And I'm just really thrilled that you're with us. And we're going to begin another season together as a church family. And we've been preparing all since January as a church. And if you're a guest, we just want to welcome you. So glad that you're with us in this season as we talk about this idea of simplifying. Now, as I was just thinking about this... Uh, the reason the series came up is that uh, you hear people, and whether you know, you're in conversation or you hear it directly, or maybe you hear it indirectly, you hear other people speaking, uh, you hear folks say things like, you know what, I'm just overloaded. I'm too busy. I'm stressed out. I'm depleted. I'm overwhelmed. I'm overscheduled, overextended. I'm just exhausted. I just don't see how I can go on any longer like this. I'm at the end of my road. And then some who in just ultimate desperation might say, I want out. I want something to change. This letter represents how many people feel. I can't remember the last time I felt rested and refreshed. My life has been on overload for years. There are too many expectations, too many responsibilities, too many activities, too many decisions. I feel like I'm putting my finger in a hole in a dam that is leaking. But I don't have enough fingers to plug all the leaks. I'm tired of this feeling of being overloaded. But as I look around, it seems like everyone is just as tired as I am. Can you relate to that? I think we can. Now, uh, since, you know, from the beginning, we believe that confession is good for the heart and good for the soul. So I want you to be thinking about this with me. If you could say at any time in the last year that you've used any of those words to define yourself, overloaded, too busy, stressed out, depleted, overwhelmed, overscheduled, overextended, exhausted, raise your hands, okay? Now everybody else just look around the room, right? That's just pretty much all of us. That is our condition. So what's the solution? How can I structure my life in such a way that it is actually sustainable? Well, that's exactly why we're having this series. And so I just want to invite you, if you would, right away to take your message notes out of your program. And they look like this. They say simplify at the top. They have all the Bible verses I'll use today. If you have your Bible, you can open it to Matthew chapter 11. I'll be jumping in at verse 28 here in just a little while as we talk about this idea of rest today in our series on Simplify. So we're going to read some words uh, that were spoken and recorded, by, that were spoken by Jesus Christ and recorded by his disciples. And these were the words that Jesus spoke as he looked around at those who were following him, those in his day that he could tell were feeling a sense of frustration and burden 
similar to what many of us would feel today. So this is not a new thing. We might think that it's just new because of all that's going on in our age. It may be exacerbated in our age, but it's not a new thing. Now, in context, I just need to give you this in context, okay? When Jesus is speaking these words, he's speaking to people who had had burdens put on them that were unreachable, unreasonable and unreachable. There's no way they could reach these by the religious system of the day, the religious establishment of the day. And he's speaking to them about how they are so overwhelmed and overloaded and there's no way that they can meet those expectations. Now, some of you, as I even said those words, some of you at a certain point, you gave up on church. You gave up on the religious way at a certain point because you could not do everything that someone was saying that you needed to do in order to be accepted. Maybe the church that you were associated with seemed to care most about whether you did what they said, did you keep all the rules, and you knew you couldn't, and eventually you just got tired and went away. Or maybe you looked at church and you felt it was judgmental or hypocritical or just out of touch. And instead of continuing to try to stay in the kind of religious subset of the church you were in, you left it. And if that's you, I'm glad you're back because you're here today. I'm just glad you're back. If that's you right now, I'm so glad that you gave us a try this morning that you're here. And I'm going to do my best today to just clear up what it was that Jesus offers, what, it off, what he offered in these verses, and then what he calls his church to offer and extend as well. So in these verses that we're going to look at today, Jesus is speaking to people who are burdened down by the religious efforts to appease God and fit in with their religious subculture. Now, I also want to take it to, broader, to a broader view today. We've been posting on Facebook the idea that we're having this series, and I read some of the comments that you know people gave about their area where they feel burdened and you know especially singles were saying in that they feel burdened and they feel overloaded as they try to manage life have business have you know work you know especially those who are small business owners and work six days a week or more maybe seven and make it and i had folks who were caregivers of uh elderly spouses and who are sick and they were saying i'm just so overloaded i don't know how i can go on and i've talked with several people who say the same things to me so we can apply it specifically to those who were feeling oppressed by the religious culture of the day but we can also apply it broadly the things that we're going to look at today to where we are today where you are right now where you are feeling overloaded so i just want to ask you right now to think about it what has you So burdened down that you're wondering how you can hang on. Why don't you think about it just a minute? For some, it was instant, came right to your mind. Others of you, several things are flooding your mind right now. I'm just going to ask if you just take a moment, and on the top of your nose, take your pen and write the number one thing that you feel has you burdened down today. What's the number one thing that you feel has you burdened down? Now, you want to be careful if you're sitting next to that person. (laughs) You might want to use code or something, okay, in some way. But here's what Jesus said to those who were burdened down and what he says to you as well. 
Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke on you. Let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle of heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke, he says, is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. Now, it wasn't until this week, and you know, I've been a pastor now for 24 years, and uh, I've read these verses, quoted these verses many times, especially in the last two or three years in the season that I've been in of coming out of a place of complete depletion and depression. And I've quoted these verses, I've clung onto these verses, but I didn't realize until this week that Jesus was actually quoting God's words from the Old Testament, Jeremiah 6. And I put that verse right there next so you could see that as well. And what's happening is, is that God is speaking to his people and he's giving them an offer that will change their reality. But I want you to notice the offer and then what happens at the end, all in one verse. This is what the Lord says, stop at the crossroads and look around. Ask for the old godly way and walk in it. I kind of think that's a prayer we could pray today. Ask for the old godly way and walk in it. Travel its path and you will find rest for your souls. But you reply, no, that's not the road we want. And I I would think that God would maybe say the same thing to us today. Today, you're at a crossroads. Take a moment, would you? Just take a moment and look around. Is this the way you really want to live? Or would you be willing to choose my way and live a different life? Would you be willing to listen? Would you just be willing to follow me? If you do what God says to us today, you will find rest for your souls. And his people said, no, that's not the road we want. If you read Jeremiah, they went on to reap the consequences. Folks, I believe that God has us at a crossroads as well. And I believe what he wants us to do is he wants us to look around, assess where we are, and realize that for many of us, many of us, I'll say today, that he has something better in mind than we are currently experiencing on the road that we are on right now. But for some reason, just like the people in Jeremiah's day, some of us in our day are saying, no, thank you, God. I'm going to figure this out on my own. Now, Jesus knows what God offered. Jesus knew what people needed. And he speaks the same thing to us today. Now, before we get to what Jesus said, what I want to do is I want to walk us through something that's been so helpful for me uh, in the, the process that I've been in of, as I said earlier, recovering from depletion and depression and the place that I found myself in about three years ago. Uh, and it was somewhere around three years ago. I had you know, been through treatment with uh, interferon for my hepatitis C back before they had the wonder drug that they have today with no side effects. And um, it, I'd come through it for the, this is the second time I was treated and came through clean this time. And it's actually been sustained now. And so that's an awesome thing. And 
Yet I found myself at the end of that so tired and depleted and drained. And then right after that, I went to get a colonoscopy and found out I had uh, some polyps that were precancerous in my colon and ended up having to go into surgery two years ago. And uh, there's just something all that happened and all that. The depletion just took over and uh, me, I kept trying to maintain the same schedule with the same demands and um, all that I was doing and all that I felt I needed to do because of my overfunctioning sense of responsibility and um, basically that I believed I was in control. And we're going to look at some of that in just a little while. And, and I got to the end of that season, and uh, when I really knew I needed to get help, and I was driving home one night, and the anxiety was so strong, and uh, I was crying, and uh, just trying to, oh, God, I just need, I need, need your help, I need your help, I need your help, and then I said, I want out. I don't want to live like this. And uh, what I knew inside was going on is that I needed, I wanted to escape and maybe it even meant death. That looked better than where I was at and the anxiety that I was carrying in that season. Now, God was with me. And, and I got home that night and I walked into the house. And of course, I didn't say anything about what had happened on the way home. And, but I started making some calls I'd already, God had already been reaching out to me, been showing me some people that could help, and, and I began a process that I'm still in today, and um, I'm over two years into a process of um, seeing a counselor twice a month, and a uh, spiritual coach uh, who's helping guide me into uh, understanding just what it was that was going on in me, and then what Jesus Christ offers, what God offers, and so... Um, some of the things I've learned in that I want to share with you right now in the two diagrams. And so there are two, two ways we can approach life, and one is to approach it following the cycle of works. And so I want you to understand this. And so uh, the both cycles I'm going to look at today have the same four places that we're looking for, but the cycle of works begins like this, over on with number one. I don't think this is working, at least far enough you can see it, but you can see that. Number one, achievement. So it begins with achievement. And the cycle of works are basically, this is what I do in order to get acceptance. And see, that's where you're shooting for is acceptance. But what many of us do is we start with achievement. And so you're thinking, okay, I want acceptance. So the, the way I get acceptance is through achievement. So um, I'm going to, by my own effort, by my own performance, by my own grades, by my own career choices, by own, my promotions I get at work or in other places where I'm acknowledged, by the degrees I'm able to get, by the accolades I'm able to receive, by the possessions I'm able to accumulate, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, in achievement, that's how I'm going to gain acceptance. What happens is, is that if you look at achievement as the way that you're going to get acceptance, is that requirements continue to change. The demands continue to be there and they become more and they actually become bigger as time because someone is always changing the rules. The finish line keeps getting moved out of your reach. And because if you look at that, because if achievement is my only way I'm going to receive uh, acceptance, then I'm going to be unloving because it's all about me and what I can do. And I'm going to be compulsive, always shooting for sometimes the easier way to have achievement, even where I might compromise my values and my character. And I become um, compulsive and I become competitive. 
making sure I get mine at the expense of relationships and sometimes, as I said, my integrity and my reputation. We see this on, you know, on our local, you know, actually national news and people who've you know, given news reports that were not accurate simply because of they were caught into the cycle of needing achievement to have acceptance. So when I, have accept, when I, get, when I achieve, I do get some level of significance, right? Because when you achieve something, people acknowledge it. And so you, know, you get some level of significance, but it's a false significance because you've earned it yourself. And what happens is, and you've probably been around people who've achieved something, and if they're using achievement to get to acceptance, they become boastful. Look at what I did. You know, they don't do it just outright, but they make sure to let you know every time that they did something that's awesome, right? And they become boastful. And, and then also what happens though inside is they become ashamed because they know inside they're not the person that they're portraying themselves to be. And so they get caught up in the cycle and then they move over and they, are, they end up, it gives them some level of energy, but over time they start running out of energy and they come to a lack of substance and they find themselves tired and they find themselves empty and they find themselves not able to go on any longer but they still need acceptance and so what happens is is they say okay I feel like I've got this level of acceptance but now I'm anxious and insecure because I know I can't sustain this I know I really don't deserve what's acceptance that I'm getting today because it was all about what I did and I really ran over some people and I really hurt some people and they find themselves in that place and then what happens is is they said oh my gosh I've got to go for more and so they go around to achievement again they say I've got to achieve more things just give me the list show me what I need to do or they interpret out into the world what it is that it will give them acceptance they start achieving more they get more false significance but it's not going to sustain them and then they get more tired and finally get around to conditional acceptance and this is like oh and it's a cycle and it's like going to cause you to crash that's the cycle it works. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands if you feel that this is where you live. But I think it is. Uh, most of us would find ourselves at some point living in this. But then I discovered that there's another way. Now, it wasn't like rocket science to me. It was like things I've been teaching for 23 years. And so I found that there's a cycle called the cycle of grace. And in the cycle of grace, it's an entirely different way of looking at things. The cycle of grace begins with acceptance. It begins with acceptance. It begins with a relationship with Jesus Christ that I come to God on behalf of what Jesus did. And I come before God and God says, I accept you just like you are. I accept you just like you are because of my grace. And that is your identity, that you are the accepted one. See, in the cycle of grace, God is the source. The cycle works, I am the source. Now God is the source and we are the recipients. And God gives us acceptance and he gives us identity. Because through Jesus Christ, we can be made acceptable to God. So I begin with Jesus and my relationship with him. And I turn to him and I receive this gift of acceptance. And this is what I've been shooting for and wanting all along. So now that I've got acceptance, I now have strength. 
I now have sustenance because I'm accepted. I'm like, oh, man, I have all kinds of energy now. I can do all kinds of things because now I know that I'm accepted and I have an identity. And so I start saying I can you know, accomplish things or I start looking for other ways that I can get closer to God because being in a relationship with him is actually the only thing that's going to sustain me. And then I now have significance, but it's a different kind of significance. It's not a false significance. It's actually a true significance because... God says to me, you are my beloved child. You are the one I love. I love you. I adore you. And so I'm like, God loves me. I'm significant. And not a boastful, but a humble and confident significance. Now I can walk through life and I'm not worried about what people are thinking about me because the one who matters most says I'm awesome. And he loves me. He loves me. And then I move into achievement now because... I'm loved, I'm going to achieve things. I'm going to achieve things for him. And I'm going to, as we talked about last week, I'm going to achieve things with him. And it comes out of a, out of a, a sense of responsiveness to being loved by him, not out of duty. So it's, everything's changed. On the work cycle, I achieve because it's out of duty. And it's out of duty that I'm going to achieve so I can attain. On the gray side, over here, I get to achievement and I act out of fullness and significance. On the work side, I burn through my energy and I burn myself out. On the grace side, I burn through grace, as Dallas Willard says, like a jet burns through jet fuel on takeoff. And God sustains me and he gives me his strength. Does that make any sense? Yes. Okay, so this is why we got this, right? We got this. This has been so helpful for me to understand and to grasp is I want to live in the cycle of grace side. I want to live on where God is and he's filling me and he's the one in charge and he's in control. Henry Nowen, he verbalized it this way better than I have so far. He says this, this is the mystery of the Christian life to receive a new self, a new identity, which depends not on what we can achieve, but on what we're willing to receive. Receive acceptance from him. So now, let's go to Jesus' words and let's let them soak in as he speaks to us today. And I'm gonna give you three ideas. This is what he calls us to today. And the first is turn to Jesus. Turn to Jesus. First thing that Jesus says, he says, Come to me. Come to me, all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Now, when he says rest here, he's talking about relief. So it's like I've been carrying this backpack, and I've been backpacking several times, and I know what this is like when you've got 50, 60 pounds on your back, and you take it off. It's like, wow, I just feel like I can now move again. And he's saying that's the relief he's offering here is to lay that heavy burden down and you can lay it down before him. Now, it's an invitation. Just as God gave an invitation through the prophet Jeremiah that they would turn to him, Jesus is saying, turn to me and walk with me. He's offering us himself. So see, the answer to our problems, and this is where my counselor and my spiritual coach have helped me so much, the answer to my problem of being overwhelmed and stressed out is not a system of time management, even though that 
time management systems are very important. It's not a plan for increasing my productivity, even though it's important that I do produce. It's not a plan for how to get more rest, even though every study says that I need to have plenty of sleep. The cure for my overload is not a plan. It's not a program. It's not a philosophy. It's a person. And that person is Jesus Christ. And Jesus is inviting you to enter into relationship with him. He says, come to me. Come to me. Know me. Walk with me. For my ways are not hard. My ways will refresh you. My ways will lift you up. My ways will sustain you. My ways you will feel significant. It's acceptance and significance. In my ways, you'll achieve things you never even dreamed, never even imagined, as you walk with me. Now, there's more to it, though, than just coming to him. I have to do the second thing. The second thing I have to do is I have to let go or give up control. I have to give up control. This is where Ron Thompson went to school. He calls us to give up control. So what he's saying to us next, he's saying, I want you to come to me and I want you to trust me and I want you to let go of thinking you can control the outcomes of your life. Control the outcomes of your life. This is what he says. Take my yoke upon you for my yoke is easy to bear and my burden to I give you is light. Now, now, in our world, most of us aren't familiar with what a yoke is, and it's not an egg yolk, okay? It's spelled differently, Y-O-L-K. This is Y-O-K-E. It's a yoke. And so uh, I just love this word yoke so much that I thought today I would help you to remember it in this way. And so what I want to do is, um, there's a picture of one, but before we get to that picture... Uh, what I'd love to do is be able to share with you with my, one of my favorite yokes. <laughs> it's an Oli and Lena joke. Anybody hear Oli and Lena jokes? Okay, okay, here we go. Oli and Lena, we're listening to the Wake Lake Wobegon morning weather report on the radio predicting 10 inches of snow and declaring that everyone must park on the odd side of the street so that the snow plows could come by. So Oli quickly puts on his snow boots and his coat and he moves to his car and moves his car over to the odd side of the street. The next day, they're listening to the Lake Wobegon news and they hear the forecast is for 10 more inches of more 10 more inches of snow and everyone must park their car on the uh, the even side of the street. So Oli once again puts on his boots and his coat and he goes outside and he moves his car over to the even side of the street. The third night, there's a report of a blizzard coming. They're listening to the Lake Wobegon news. And just as the announcer is saying, you must park your car on the... The radio went dead. And Oli said, what are we going to do, Lena? And Lena said, well, Oli, just leave the car in the garage. (laughs) Oh... That was from my dear friend, I'll give him credit, Papa Joe Johnson, and he's in Southern California, amazing, amazing man of God, and uh, has a whole healing prayer ministry. 
and he's from that region, and just so he loves telling his Oli and Lena jokes. But okay, let's go back to a yoke. A yoke is a piece of wood between two farm animals, mostly oxen, and so they can work, and they put it on them so they can work together for a team. Now you notice how it's formed, and it's cut so that it can fit onto the ox without actually hurting the ox. So every yoke, especially in Jesus' day, they were um, custom yokes. And so that you would take your oxen to the carpenter. Maybe Jesus even formed yokes. We don't know. And then uh, he would give you a yoke that actually fit your ox or your oxen, for, if that's the case. Um, so now let's look at a picture of it in use. Okay, so this is a picture of a yoke in use. And let's just leave this up for a little bit. In Jesus' day, a farmer would till his ground, he would cart his goods, he would grind his grain uh, with his oxen teamed together. And he wanted, a farmer wanted to train a young ox. So he was you know, always needing to keep oxen in his uh, barn. The farmer would pair an older ox with a uh, younger ox. He'd pair a seasoned ox with an immature ox. And the younger ox would learn from the older ox. Now, that's the relationship that Jesus is inviting us into. He wants to ease our burden. So the older ox would show the younger ox how it was that they could work together. And if, the, if they tried to work singly, of course, the younger ox would try that at first, try to go off on its own and pull against what the older ox was doing. That, that would just simply you know, deplete the younger ox and they wouldn't get anything done. And it would you know, maybe even rub swords on its neck. But if they worked together, that they could get more done. And what God wants us to know is, is that if you will accept the yoke of Jesus Christ, that that is the easy way. That is the easy way. They called the easy yoke. It's the direct path. And he invites us in a place where he is the one in control. That he's the one in charge. One in which we will let go and we will follow him wherever he leads. So we'll let go and follow him. One in which we let go of our attempts to control the outcomes, believing that everything is all up to us. One in which we relax and trust that he really is for us and he's for our best and that he wants the best for us. And Jesus is saying here is that the reason that you're so tired, the reason that you're so overloaded is that you believe that you can control the outcomes of your life. Now, this is gonna t- you're going to dig deep into this and that you're, it's layer after layer after layer in your life of realizing again and again, and God's going to let you get to the end of your cycle of works over and over again so that you can realize that you, once again, have taken charge of your life and you are the one that thinks that you're in control and that you can change the outcomes simply by your own willpower because you think it all depends on you and that you must be the one who pulls all the strings and you are the one who makes things happen. And so what we've got to do is we've got to let go of our belief that we can change the way things turn out. And I'm not saying be irresponsible, because that's, you know, that's the way I am. I'm like, oh, I can't, I've got to always be in charge because I'm, because I'm over-functioning sense of responsibility. There's never a fear that I'm not going to be responsible. But I'm not saying be irresponsible. I'm saying let God do what he can do and wants to do in you and through you. Oh, just another thing, just mention. You're yoked to something. You're yoked to something. You're maybe yoked to your marriage. You're yoked to your job. You're yoked to your kids. You're, you're yoked to your, uh, your hobbies. You're yoked to your image. 
your car, whatever, you're yoked to something. Jesus is making that clear. And then what he says to be yoked to me, because being yoked to me is the easy way. And you can walk with me when you let go of control. And Jesus says, let me guide you. And this is just a system of learning to trust him over and over again. And he proves himself faithful every single time. Okay, turn to Jesus, give up control, and then last, learn to trust. Learn to trust. I have to learn to trust him. And this just takes experience, you know, because what Jesus says here is, let me teach you because I'm humble and gentle heart and you will find rest for your souls. Now, earlier Jesus said, you'll find rest. And what he means is you'll find relief. When he says rest here, rest for your souls, it's a shalom kind of rest. So he says that you will find peace of mind. It's a state of mind that you're going to enter into because your soul is all of who you are. And if your soul is at rest, then all of you is at rest and you will have a peace of mind that is pervades every part of you and it's all encompassing it's a person who's just come to realize and rest physically mentally emotionally and spiritually and then because of that is able to live out of that place it's a person who's come to embrace that everything that jesus taught and demonstrated while he's on earth so what jesus is doing here as he's inviting you and me, he's inviting his listeners, he's inviting us into a relationship where we will say, Jesus, you are the leader, you are the wise one, you are the one who loves me most. And so Jesus, because I know that you only want my best, what I'm gonna do from here on out is I'm gonna become a disciple. That's what he's calling us to. It's called discipleship. It's called apprentice or apprenticeship. That what I'm going to do is I'm going to enter into a relationship with you where you are the leader, you are the teacher, you are the master, and I am the follower, I am the student, I am the one learning. And so Jesus, teach me so that as you teach me, I'm able to breathe, I'm able to live, I'm able to love. I'm able to be in relationship with you. I'm able to have peace. I'm able to be in relationship with others. I just have an aura of peace because I've experienced shalom. And I'm very rarely tired because I've learned my limits. And I'm burning through grace like a jet burns through jet fuel on takeoff because you offer it to me freely. We're going to listen to a song now. Lindsay and the team are coming out. And we picked this song today and the moment that's going to follow it as just a way for us to take a break today and to rest in this and then to hear from God and hear from Jesus what he wants to say to us. So I'm just going to ask, just listen carefully as Lindsay sings, and then I'm going to come back and lead us in a guided prayer and a meditation as we focus on the offer that God has to come to him.
your heads for a second. I just want to reflect a moment. Because just words aren't going to change anything that we've heard today. It's my teaching, and I don't believe it's going to change anything. Apart from you being open to Jesus' offer. And I just want you to think again of that thing you wrote at the top of your notes. What is it that you feel is crushing you? It's just crushing the spirit and the life right out of you. What is it that's about to wear you out? Maybe even about to take you out. What is it you just don't believe you can carry any longer? Jesus says, we're at a crossroads. You got here on your own. But you don't have to go down this path any longer. You can walk with me. Listen to his words again. As they were paraphrased by Eugene Peterson. Jesus says, are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me. Work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything on you that's heavy or ill-fitting. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Oh, Jesus, what a promise. What an invitation we want to say today. And I just would ask that if you would say with me, Jesus, I want to turn to you. I receive your invitation. Maybe you've never even experienced Jesus Christ before. You're here for the first time or you've been here a while and you've never said yes to Jesus. His first invitation is to come to him by grace and receive forgiveness. And he would say, Jesus, as much as I understand it, I receive what you did for me on the cross. 
what I could never do on my own to earn God's favor. Forgive me, cleanse me. I receive you now as my savior, as a leader of my life. And for many of us, we've probably done that before. And we're still tired, fatigued, overloaded. And Jesus is inviting us today to a different way to live. Not in the cycle of works, where achievement is top and foremost, but in a cycle of grace, where I am accepted, acceptable, capable, valuable, child of God. We thank you, Jesus, in your name. Amen.